With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast. Covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse's 7-1 start to the season and a look ahead to football at Yankee Stadium. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today's SNY and ESPN's Tim Welsh. Coach, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Always great to be with you guys. And Coach, we will get you started on this one. Syracuse with a win over UConn, but I want to first start by talking about its loss to Kansas on Saturday in Miami. Do you think Syracuse hanging tough with the number two team in the country was a good loss or even a moral victory for this young team? Well, I think that obviously it's not a moral victory. If you, you don't get to over a 1,000 wins like Jim Beheim having moral victories. So it's a learning experience. I think he can take some positives out of that game. And no, I think they know how far they have to go to get to an elite level. But I think they made some really good strides as far as confidence level. If they did play an elite team again, and when they play an elite team again, certainly they will during the conference of how far they have to go and uh, the nature of how you have to play a complete game in order to to win those type of games. But certainly, I think Syracuse has made some really good strides since the beginning of the season, especially. Defensively, I like what they're doing. I think that uh, obviously the uh, Battle and Howard have played very, very well, and, and that the freshmen look good as well. So it's, um, I think there's a lot of hope for Syracuse this year. I think, uh, again, they're going to be a lot better than people thought they were. Coach, that segues into my next question, which is Frank Howard. He struggled against UConn, but I think when you look at last season, his sophomore season, into his junior season, there's been such a significant difference. His leadership, his demeanor on the floor. What's been the biggest difference for him so far? Well, he's playing with a lot of confidence. He's shooting the ball much better. Uh, you know, he's not he doesn't have a great percentage from three, but it's obviously better. Assist uh, to turnover is improved. I think he's a guy that you know can, knows how to run the team. He's over six assists a game, and two to one assist to turnover. So he's a guy that Jim Beheim can now trust with the basketball to run his team, and he puts a lot of stock in his point guard and his ability to kind of be have a lot of freedom out there on the floor. So in order, in order to gain that freedom and confidence, he's got to be a consistent player. Not only in the offensive end, I think on the defensive end, his size has caused problems for people at the top of the zone. And I think that Syracuse can be able to move and extend their defenses in a few different ways with that zone because of the experience and maturation of Howard. And I really am impressed with what he's done from you know one year to the next as far as improvement. Coach, I wanted to get your take on O'Shea Brissett. 16 points and 10 rebounds in Syracuse's win over UConn. Seems like Syracuse always has a special freshman, and it looks like they have one again this year. Well, Brissett, I think, is he's getting the major minutes. He's averaging 34 minutes a game. So, he's obviously, if uh, Jim Beheim likes him, then we all should like him because of the fact that he's, you know, he's confident with him, putting him right in the lineup. You know, not not taking him out for mistakes. He's really leaving him in there and making sure he's. Uh, a guy that he's confident with, and I think it goes without saying, he's a terrific rebounder. He's the best rebounder, and that's that's made their zone 
past couple of years they've struggled a little bit with the zone because they haven't rebounded the ball well. But now they're they're a good rebounding team, and uh, I think you know when he's looking in the middle, Chukwu is playing very very well, and he's he's gaining experience with game after game, and he, he's a guy they haven't had either in the middle of the floor. But I really like Brissett. I think he can he can do a lot of different things out there for him, and he will become even a better scorer as he gets more confident. Coach, Gino Thorpe announcing over the weekend that he was leaving the team for personal reasons. As a coach, how do you work your way around losing that kind of depth and experience? Well, it's so early in the season, and I think it's a big picture. You, someone else will step up, and they'll develop somebody else. You, tell, you spoke about all those freshmen. Now they're going to get more of an opportunity moving forward where they wouldn't have, you know, those 15 minutes a game now are going to be divided up. and. Listen, Jim Boeheim will figure that out pretty easily, and it's unfortunate for them. I thought Paul could probably give them some good help at their depth in the backcourt, but if a person uh, you know doesn't want to be with the program for one reason or other, and whether whatever the personal reasons are, then it's it's not a positive that they're not there, and it's not good for them or it's not good for the program. So I'm sure someone will step up uh, moving forward, and um, so far they, it looks like they're all ready. The freshmen are ready to step in and play a good role. Coach, this is the fifth year we've had you on the podcast, and each time we've asked for you to give us a prediction, and each time you've been spot on, you actually predicted that Syracuse would go to the Final Four in the 2016 season. So, with that in mind, I wanted to get your prediction on if you see SU as a tournament team this year. I do. I think they can. I think they can cause people a lot of problems with the zone. I like the way they look early, and I think they're only going to get better and better. Uh, with their offensive execution, and when you have a guy like Tyus Battle out there on the floor, he's a go-to guy that you know is a high-level player that you can basically play with anybody in the country. When you get him and Howard going, and they get their backline defense scored away, and get some better scoring up front, I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team, and I could see him playing into the second week, and I really could. Coach, thank you as always for coming on the program again. Tim Welch from ESPN and SNY. Great job as always. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the basketball season. Thank you, Wes. Always great to be with you. Great stuff as always from our friend Tim Welsh. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, we were back in the old Big East on Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden with Syracuse hanging on against UConn. It wasn't pretty, but Syracuse improved to 7-1, and one, got things done when they needed to. Well, you know, I'm going to say this about the old Big East field. Yes, it was in terms of the names of the program, Connecticut and Syracuse. We all know the great history of the two teams from the Big East days. But you know, Wes, to me, when I see these two teams playing in 2017-2018 season, it's hardly the great players and programs that I remember from the 80s and 90s of the Big East. I mean, it goes back to what's going on in college basketball. The, uh, the problem with the talent, the one-and-done rule, uh, players you know, leaving for the NBA early, really wiping out talent in college basketball. And when you look at the talent that was on the floor for Connecticut and Syracuse, compared to those Big East days, there is just no comparison as the way it has progressed with talent in college basketball. That's the number one thing that stood out to me watching that game, even back to last year's game, 52-50, that low-scoring affair when UConn came back. What a major difference between the complexion of these programs from those glory days, which it's fun to reminisce about, of course, the six-overtime game, et cetera, to where we are today. And one of the things that stood out for me is 
Look how programs are adding grad transfers to their rosters to fill in the depth because some of the great players are leaving after one or two years. When I was looking at that Connecticut roster and see that they had grad transfers from Fordham and Cornell, and Syracuse getting grad transfers last year and, of course, this year before Geno Thorpe you know, decided to leave the team, just what a major difference in my eyes from my perspective of covering you know, the program for so long to see really where this complexion has changed. The young team, some of the lack of fundamentals, uh, the growing pain. That's really what has stood out to me watching. I said, this is Syracuse in Connecticut, certainly in name and certainly in tradition-rich programs, but anything else to be compared to that really isn't valid, in my opinion, when you just look at the overall lack of depth on scholarship rosters for college basketball teams, including these two. Now, of course, you know, following the Orange as we do, great to get that win and, and, and go to a 7-1 and one record, uh, but it, that's the really number one thing that stood out to me, lack of flow on offense. We never saw that in a Syracuse team back in Jim Beheim's, you know, early part of his career. Coming down, growing up three-point shots, really seeing a lack of flow in the offense. These are the kind of things that really jumped out to me watching the game on Tuesday night. And Brad, I do see Syracuse struggling all season long on offense as a trend, but their defense and rebounding are improved. What other trends do you see eight games into this season? Well, I'm going to make a general trend here in all the sports, not just college basketball. I say it's part of the video game era we live in and social media to boot because you look at my statement about video game era. Take college basketball. It's all about the glory, the three-point bomb, and then some player, you know, emphatically saying, yes, you know, I hit that three-point shot, or throwing it inside for a dunk. The analogy to baseball, home runners strike out. Where's the strategy today in moving runners along, allowing a pitcher to, you know, pitch six or seven innings instead of the specialty of, you know, bringing in a pitcher for one batter? And even in football, all about the video game look, in my opinion, in that is there fundamental tackling today? It seems to me that every tackle is aiming to maim a player where the second guy in is coming in to strip the football out of the running back or receiver's arms. I really point to the video game era because, you know, younger players, the younger generation, college basketball players in their 20s, early 30s, come from the video game era, come from a, a situation where you can go on social media, put your message out there any way you want to do it. Everyone can be their own mini wire service, if you will, because anyone's instant thoughts in their mind can be exposed to anyone in the world instantaneously. And I think that uh, instant glorification has affected all of sports. And I, I pointed to, you know, Syracuse basketball. I mean, the fundamentals aren't there. Working the ball around, taking time in the shot clock, not just coming down because you think you're open for a three-point basket, and we all know what the three-point shooting is like so far for this team. Now, the, the one on the other hand of what I'm saying on fundamentals, this is a good rebounding team, but some of that effect of the rebounding is because they're missing three-point shots, and they're putting themselves in decent position to get rebounds. But when you look at the big men that Syracuse have had in the Jim Beheim era, and you look at the young big men they have now, there is just a world for the difference when you go back through the years to see the quality of player, the fundamentals, how they were developed when they came into the program as compared to this 2017-18 team. <laughs> Get off my lawn, you damn whippersnappers. Uh, Brad, Syracuse with a chance to go 12-1 and in their non-conference schedule. 
The tough games will be Georgetown and St. Bonaventure. How do you see the rest of the non-conference schedule playing out? I certainly think that's possible, but I'm not even going to jump ahead past Colgate on Saturday afternoon. Certainly there's a big talent difference. Of course, I'm not saying that, you know, Colgate's going to come in and, you know, win for the first time in forever. But, but this Syracuse team has to be buckled down and take every game as though, you know, we need to put this team away. So Colgate comes first. Good tune-up to have the week off with the annual uh, one-week break for the fall semester with the exams. And then the big rivalry game against Georgetown. Now, certainly going to be interesting. Georgetown still has some players on the roster that have beaten Syracuse the last two seasons, including the game down in D.C. two years ago. I think it's a whole completely different wrinkle with Patrick Ewing as the head coach now. That's going to be very interesting to see how Jim Beheim handles that from his uh, in the Hall of Fame credentials on the other side there. But I, it's, and don't forget also, it's Georgetown's you know, biggest game before they go into Big East Conference play. Uh, and, and agreed, St. Bonaventure, great team. They knocked off Maryland. Uh, but I certainly think the Orange are going to put themselves in a position where it's going to show the uh, growth from last year when they dropped games against the St. John's and the Georgetown to really have a pretty good shot at being 12-1 and right up to that first ACC game, which is going to be tough in the Dome on New Year's Eve against Virginia Tech. But I do like how this team has progressed and grown from each game. That, to me, is certainly more noticeable this year than what I saw in the pre-conference schedule last year. Brad, we are running out of show. Your closing thoughts. Well, my closing thoughts go back to the bowl game and Syracuse not being in a bowl game in the football program since 2013. You know, Wes, it irks me each year when I look at the bowl game lineup, the 40, 40 games, uh, the 80 teams that are going to be in there. I see a Florida Atlantic. I see a Florida International. I see an Appalachian State. I see a New Mexico State. No disrespect to those programs, but not to see Syracuse football in a bowl game really just runs me the wrong way. I'm glad that they really got the scheduling down now. Next year is really good non-conference schedule. Certainly a boost, as you'll talk about, with playing a Notre Dame game at Yankee Stadium instead of South Bend. But I really like how they've set up with that Mac team, Wagner, UConn, to give them a really good shot to get three or four ACC wins to qualify for a bowl. This is where this program needs to be. It needs to start sniffing the top 25, and it needs to make regular bowl game appearances. A a non-conference schedule to the advantage of the Orange is certainly a big step towards that. But let's end this bowl game drought at 18 and see this program among those 40 that are competing in the postseason. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse football, which announced on Thursday that it will move its game against Notre Dame on November 17, 2018, from South Bend to Yankee Stadium. A little historical fact for you, the last time these two teams played at that venue was on Thanksgiving Day 1963, less than a week after President John F. Kennedy's assassination. Syracuse actually ended up winning that game 14-7. Let's hope they can keep up that trend there. Just one loss all time for the Orange at Yankee Stadium, so maybe that bodes well. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that a conference call is the best way for a dozen people to say bye 300 times. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.